0: This is Gary Hutchins, minister with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ here in Omaha, Nebraska, and we welcome you back to Search the Scriptures. It's great to be back with you once again. Good to have all of our listeners here, and it's great to be with you. We're so thankful for the opportunity to be with you each day on this program to open up God's Word and dig a little bit deeper, study a little bit more closely just what God's will for our life really is. And you know, His will for our lives basically is the same for every one of us. It's not to send you in some particular direction that's different from everybody else in the world from a basic spiritual perspective, but it is the same and consistent for every one of us. He wants us to live by his teachings. He wants us to live by his guidelines, his guidance, his instructions, his direction, and that's all given to us in his word. And that word is the same for every one of us. Some people interpret it in different ways, but the Apostle Peter said that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of private interpretation. So it has the same meaning for each one of us, basically speaking. It's not to guide us in in radically different spiritual directions, but all of us are to follow God by those same teachings with those same meanings. So it's not a matter of what you think, or what you feel, or what I think, or what I feel, but it is a matter of what God says. Many times people have asked me, well, what do you think about such and such? Again, speaking from a spiritual perspective, and I responded, you don't want to know what I think, you want to know what God's word says, and that's what this program, Search the Scriptures, tries to do, tries to get us back to what God's word really says, We pray and we hope that as we study together each day, here on Search the Scriptures, that you are learning God's word more and more thoroughly, and that as a result, your faith is getting stronger and deeper. Because again, as we pointed out over and over and over, the biblical formula for the development of faith is simply by going to God's word and studying it, understanding it, and making the proper application. As the Apostle Paul put it in Romans 10 and verse 17, faith comes by hearing the word of God. And so that's where it is. It's not magical. It's not mystical. It's not something that is somehow bestowed upon certain individuals and withheld from others. But the faith that God wants us to develop and live by is right there in his word. And it's open for every one of us equally so. So we want to help you grow your faith. As your faith grows and gets stronger and deeper, then you should naturally be coming closer to God and desiring to do so. And ultimately, we want to help you come to God all the way for forgiveness and redemption and salvation through his Son and your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that is the only way to God. As Jesus put it in John chapter 14 and verse 6, on the night of his betrayal, the day before he would go to the cross, he told his apostles, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through or by me. And so Jesus is the only way to God. We want to help you come to God. We want to help you come to salvation in him, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in him openly, and surrendering to him in baptism for the remission of your sins, and then beginning to walk that new life in Christ, that life of having been reborn in him. We want to help you with that. Now at the end of the program, we'll tell you how you can contact us, as we always do, and you can do exactly that. If you're living in the Omaha area, we'd love to have you come and worship with us, study, and grow spiritually with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. We'll tell you our times of services. If you're from a different area, or even from the Omaha area, we would love to have you contact us and ask for the free Bible study that we always offer. We send it out through the regular mail. It is absolutely free, and we'll take care of the postage. All you have to do is ask. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD. All of these materials are free for the asking. We never charge anybody to teach them God's Word, and we want to help you come to God. And understand his word more clearly we're going to continue our study talking about the church and specifically talking about how the church is a spiritual hospital for sick souls a spiritual hospital for sick souls why is the church here on this earth why is it here in your particular area wherever you might live well the church was established on this earth to proclaim the hope of the gospel to a humanity or a human race that is in desperate need of forgiveness, redemption, and salvation. Many people look at the church as a place to socialize to some extent or be with friends, work associates, business contacts, family members, and so on. Well, while there is certainly... Uh, some social characteristics to the fellowship that the church is supposed to enjoy, the church is still not a social club. The church is not a business, though it has to do business, to live within our society, to function effectively, but it's not a business. The church is here to glorify God, bottom line, but also as a home for the saved and a communicator of the message of salvation, the gospel of Jesus Christ, to a world, again, that is lost and dying in sin. Now, some people might say, well, you have no right to say that the world is lost and dying in sin. No, not by myself and by my own knowledge, but rather it is simply what Jesus said. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, he said the way to life is narrow and straight, and the way to condemnation is broad and wide. And he said most people are going down that broad and wide path, while he said that few will find the straight and narrow path to eternal life. Now, I believe it's straight and narrow because it is the way of truth, and truth is narrow. Truth is not open to all kinds of interpretations on an individual basis. Truth is truth. And when you change the truth, it ceases to be the truth. It's something else. It's a perversion. It's a twisted kind of statement or whatever, but it's no longer the truth. So the way way to eternal life is down the straight and narrow pathway of truth. In Christ, in him, is where we come to forgiveness, salvation, and eternal life. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 3, I'm sorry, chapter 1 and verse 3, the Apostle Paul tells us that all spiritual blessings are available in Christ, and only in Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 21, the Apostle Paul said, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He is reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, and we are made righteous in him. So you see, being in Christ is key. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, Romans 6 and verse 23. Now, how do we come into Christ? In Romans chapter 6 and verse 3, the apostle Paul tells us, therefore we were buried with Christ, him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And that's verse four of Romans chapter six. In verse three, he says, do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? And again, the same apostle Paul writing by guidance of the Holy Spirit Scripture inspired by God, in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 27 says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now, those are the only two verses in the entire New Testament that tell us how to come into Christ. And both of those tell us that it is through baptism. Baptism is the point that our sins are washed away by the blood that Jesus shed on the cross, as the Apostle Peter responded to the crowd on Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, when they said, what shall we do, in verse 37? In verse 38, he answered their question. Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Christ, into Christ, we come into him through baptism, and in him is, again, where we come to forgiveness, where we come to redemption, where we come to that reconciled relationship with God, in other words, brought back into that right relationship of God. In him is the gift of eternal life as we've noted in these various passages of scripture. Now, the church is the body of Christ. In Colossians chapter 3, uh, chapter 1 in verse 18, The Apostle Paul identifies it exactly in that way. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18. And he said, He is the head of the body, speaking of Christ, the church. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. And again in verse 24, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ, for the sake of his body, which is the church. Now, a lot of people, they look at the church and they say, ah, not that big a deal. Just not that big a deal. I don't really need the church. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. They might even go farther and say, I love God. I love Jesus, but I don't need the church. Well, think of this. We have hospitals in our world today in our land, in our cities, as places for physical healing. The church is a place for spiritual healing, and it is a place where the spiritually healed reside. Now, someone might say, well, how do you know? What do you mean by that? In Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, Jesus, on the, day of his, on the day of his ascension back to heaven, after he had been crucified on the cross, after he had risen from the grave, and after he had appeared to hundreds and hundreds of people, risen, alive, over the next 40 days. Now, in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, he has the apostles before him, 11 of them, Judas had already hanged himself. Matthias had not yet been chosen to take Judas's place. And so 11 apostles, and he's telling them some final things before he ascends back to heaven. And in verses 15 and 16, he says, Go into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. Now, There is where salvation, we're told, comes at the point of being baptized into Christ. As we noted earlier in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, that's when Peter said that our sins are washed away. And here, Jesus says, that's when we come to salvation. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, as we drop down to the end of that chapter that talks about the day of Pentecost and shortly thereafter, after the church had been established. Verse 47, the last verse in Acts chapter 2 tells us, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Now, let me read that last statement again for the sake of emphasis, and especially for those who think they don't need the church, or the church is not really that big a deal, It's inconsequential, so to speak, for many people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. When Jesus told the apostles, upon this rock, I will build my church, as Matthew recorded that statement, there was a reason he was going to build his church or establish it upon this earth. He was sent from heaven by God the Father to do exactly that. And Jesus says not even the gates of Hades or the power of death will prevent it from coming to be. Again, going back to Matthew's uh, statement there, Matthew's uh, written account. Now, if Jesus came from heaven, sent by God, establish his church in this earth, and Jesus says even his dying on the cross was not going to prevent it from being established, then we ought to step back, those of us who might say, I don't need the church, and say, why do I not need the church that Jesus left heaven to come to this earth to establish? And then, especially as we read Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, That the church is exactly where the Lord himself adds those who are coming to salvation. Do you think you don't need the church? No. We need the church. It is truly a hospital, spiritual hospital, for sick souls. That's where we come to learn about Jesus And that's where the Lord himself puts us as we have come to obey the gospel plan of salvation and come to salvation in him. He puts us in the church. So we certainly should not have a kind of complacent attitude about the church or maybe even in some cases some people have a hostile attitude about the church. No. The church is here for a reason. And since Jesus himself puts all of those who come to salvation into the church, his body, then every one of us needs to be in the church. Every one of us needs the church, and there is no salvation outside of the church since Jesus puts those who come to salvation in the church, which is his body. Obeying and living by the teachings of God's word is key to our salvation. As Jesus put it in John chapter 8 and verses 31 and 32, he said, if you abide in or live in and live by my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So we must live by his word in order to be his disciples, truly. And our knowledge of the truth and our response to that knowledge is what leads us to spiritual freedom in Christ. And what is that truth? On the night of his betrayal, Jesus prayed to God the Father. He said, sanctify them by your truth, or by, uh, sanctify them by your truth, your word is truth. And so it is God's word that is the truth that will set us free from the guilt and condemnation of sins. Our sins. We need God's word. And we need to not only hear it, but we need to understand it. And that's not even all that we need. We need to obey it and live by it. It is the word that guides us to salvation. And it is the word that guides us to continue to live in that saved state pleasingly before God. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 32, the Apostle Paul was talking to the elders from the church at Ephesus, and he said, So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Oh, you see how crucial how pivotal how important god's word is and not just its existence but our knowing and living by god's word in a faithful consistent fashion in 2 Timothy chapter 3 beginning with verse 15 the apostle paul again wrote notice and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Oh, God's word guides us to salvation and it also guides us to faithfulness, or faith, living faithfully before God. We need to know how to live faithfully before God before we can live faithfully before God, and he has given us his word to guide us along those lines. God's word of truth is described as the gospel of your salvation. In Ephesians chapter 1, and verse 13, in him you also trusted. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Oh, how important, how powerful is the word of God when we simply take it for how God intended for us to understand it and obey it and live by it on a consistent basis for the rest of our lives. The apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter. I'm sorry, 1 Peter chapter 1, in verse 22, he said, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Our souls are purified. We're born again through our understanding of, belief in, and faithfully obeying and living by God's word. Obeying and living by the teachings of God's word is key to our salvation, key to your salvation. The church, we're to be the communicators of God's word. We're to spread that truth everywhere, that truth that can set us free. And as people come to learn and understand and believe and obey that truth that is God's word, then they respond in obedience. Remember that Paul said in Romans 1 and verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Now, we've already seen that that's the word of God, the word of truth that will set us free. Paul goes on and says, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. God's word guides us to salvation, helps us understand what God wants us to do to come to him through Jesus Christ, repenting of our sins, confessing our faith in him openly as God's son and our Lord and Savior, and surrendering to him in baptism, at which point the blood that he shed on the cross so long ago is still 100% effective to wash away the guilt of our sins and to bring us into a new life in Christ, to be reborn in him and to get a second start on life. How blessed we are to have God's word. How blessed we are that he sent his son to establish the church on this earth we hope that you will listen to how to contact us and do exactly that and ask for that free Bible study we'll send it to you we'll take care of the postage all you have to do is ask ask for a copy of today's program and CD listen to it again look look at the scriptures for yourself share it with somebody else we hope to hear from you right away